0: morning, we've been, we've been doing the last few weeks about, remember when last week we had the dirt, had the organic dirt and we had it, you know, here and we're talking about planting seeds. And today we're, we're continuing that theme and it's Grow in God. Now, what, I, what I'm going to write here and, and uh, we're going to find it as we go through the message today. Um, sometimes we are performance oriented, okay? That we think that if we just do the right thing, everything will be all right. Well, and that is true. We, do, we always want to do the right thing. But there are five categories that, as I was reading through this one uh, uh, book on, on self-help and self-improvement, and that are considered some of the, some of the greatest things for our own personal growth. And what I'm going to do is uh, write them down, and then as we go through the scriptures here today, I'm going to point out each area and how that we can, we can uh, have the, the correct perspective. And number one is confidence. Now, and I'm, again, I'm not going to explain them, well, maybe I'll, I'm not quite sure, you know, sermons are always a work in progress. C-O-N-F-I-D-E-N. Did I spell right or wrong? Oh, there he is. I thought you were yeah, laughing at my, uh, my spelling here. All right. So I like that idea of confidence. Yeah, okay. I have no confidence. I have absolutely no confidence in my spelling. So, um, so whenever we think of this and we start looking at how we're going to grow in God, that there is, there is a challenge for this. Because our life and our relationship with God isn't about separation, it's about becoming part of our, our becoming part of our relationship with God and part of our relationship with people. But our relationship with people doesn't end in um, our our own little community of believers. It doesn't end in our families. It is part of who we are, where we work, neighborhood, families. You know, the whole works, it's, it's, a, it's a continuous ongoing process of development, and we have to see ourselves developing. That's why you go to school. It's a part of growing to school. It's a part of learning. It's a part of development, and that development helps us become the person that we are intended to be, and each of us are in the process of growing and changing, and, and it becomes a challenge sometimes. So, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5, uh, 6, 7, and 8. And I'm going to read it from the uh, message Bible. God's message cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone, and sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed in a prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. Imagine that going through rootless, aimless, and nothing grows. Dirt, last week. See, that's the, that's the only connection you get. Right? Never mind. So, verse 7. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They're, they're like trees planted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers, never a worry through the hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf. Serene and calm through drought, bearing fresh fruit in every season. And then Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Sometimes we're more aware of this this verse being quoted in the King James Version, which is, Search me, O God, and know if there be any wicked way in me. But the Message Bible says, Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. So, whenever we are looking at this growing in God, we're looking for God to guide us on the road to eternal life. So, we're looking for God to guide us on this road to eternal life. Now, we're all... Um, part of something someone in, in the Sunday school lesson this morning that uh, I remember talking about John Maxwell, and he said that leadership is influence. So every one of us is a leader because we influence someone. You influence someone, so therefore you are a leader. Some people influence more, some less, but we 're all influencers. So we all have a responsibility in our life to grow and to change and to develop. So God guides us on the road to eternal life. He influences us. And, and the influence of God is by his spirit and by his word. So God doesn't come down and, you know, if God is alive, may he strike me with lightning. All right, he didn't strike me, so therefore he's not alive. You know, stupid people, you know. <laughs> you expect to exhaust the grace of God in 30 seconds? You know, if, if God has enough grace and mercy towards us that He is, um, you know, going to spend a lifetime waiting for us to come to a right decision about our life, you're not going to exhaust His grace and mercy over a flippant statement. So the message from God is about life, about taking care of our mistakes and our failures. Dealing with all of the negative, abusive, downtrodden, depressing, not good enough ways and habits and thinking that we all carry with us. God wants rid of those things. That's not God. God isn't about putting you down or pushing you. He's about leading us into the kingdom of God, forgiving us of our sin, cutting off those things from our life that are negative and abusive and downtrodden and depressing and the mistakes and failures. Forgiveness is about letting it go. So in our relationship with God, it's about growing on in our faith. Who is your encourager? Who encourages you? And the scripture and the word, the scripture and the spirit, these are our encouragers. God encourages us on the road to eternal life. Is that a shock to some? <laughs> I thought God was a, you know, a uh, you know, an oppressor and don't do this and don't do that and don't go there. Well, the message of God, you know, the, the scripture says about um, the law. We would not know what sin is without the law, okay? What is, you know, what are the Ten Commandments? Don't steal, don't kill, don't lie, don't bear false witness, don't commit adultery. You know, these are, the, you know, there's no gray areas, there's do's and don'ts. But there are, part of our guide is that what about the attitude? What about the personality? What about the inner person that you are? that wants to be free and wants to be um, successful and wants to do good things and wants to work and work successfully. You know, that's, you know, God is at work in us to accomplish these things, and he is our encourager. And coming to church and being part of church and being part of worship is about encouraging our hearts and celebrating our relationship with God. It's about being, be, recognizing how much God loves us in spite of who we are. You know, sometimes we think of encouragers as someone who will always say yes. (laughs) But, you know, an encourager is someone who will hear you out and not answer you. (sighs) That's an encourager, not answering? Well, ultimately, I think it's what's in your heart that counts. And, you know, whenever you think about, whenever you put this in perspective, that when you don't have an answer, what do you do? You follow through with what's inside. and That's what God wants to look at and see for ourselves. As we said in the psalm here, what are we supposed to do? Investigate my life, O God, and find out everything about me. Cross-examine me and test me. Psalm 139, verse 23. So God is looking. So whenever we don't get an answer, how do we proceed? And what do we proceed with? Well, that kind of brings to the surface all the things that are in our life and what we're really thinking. It talks about our confidence and about our communication. Uh, Three is attitude. Four is performance. And five is relationship. And and, and the book spoke about that if we are going to be successful in life, we have to be successful in all five areas. Now, whenever we think about being successful, I think of it in the context of fulfilling the plan of God for my life. That's true success. And we will find that the, 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 the plan of God for our life is exactly what we were created to be. And finding that plan brings fulfillment in us. So it isn't like God is going to say, Okay, drop everything you're doing and go do this. Probably what's going to happen is God is going to bring to the surface those things that you're really good at and the things you love to do to get paid for and that you find as you do them better and do them greater and do them under the influence of the Spirit, God will find a way to prosper you and bring bring success to your life in a way that we never dreamt. So... We are responsible for our actions, remember? We are where we are because of the decisions that we've made. We are where we are because of the decisions that we've made. So we're responsible for our life. I can't blame someone. If someone told you to do something and you did it, guess what? It's your fault. It's like the lady who jumped off the bridge and the bungee cord broke. (laughs) Who's she going to blame for that? Who jumped? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know. Sometimes if we're never mind. So, God in His Word, they are our mentors. They are they are our teachers. So, what does the Word tell us? Jeremiah seventeen five said, "Cursed is the strong one." This is our scripture text. Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere, mere humans. This, this idea of the strong ones who are mere humans, cursed is the one who, who... It's political. Those who believe in the political manipulation, that they're going to the politics. We depend upon relational things with people. And remember, you know, how many, how many have ever said, doesn't matter what you do, it's who, who you know? <laughs> huh? So, there are people who work at knowing all the right people so they can be the name droppers. And the name droppers are the ones who are believing in the name dropping to get them where they want to go. Guess what? That is, cursed is the strong one who depends on more, mere humans. It's that type of name dropping that I'm going to depend on to get me to where I want to go. It's not true. Well, it may work, but ultimately we want to know what God wants for us to do. Uh, we think we will get ahead by the manipulation of people. I, I, I like this. It says, it's when I tell you what you want to hear and then you will, be, then you will like me for it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what you want to hear and then you're going to like me for it. That's manipulating people. Uh, I don't want I don't, I to do that. So the scripture, I like to tell you good things that you want to hear, you know, and I like you to like me, but it's not a manipulation. So the scripture gives us a different view. God is letting us know that we are instruments in the hand of God, and we are here to trust God to lead our life and not manipulate life. God is not a manipulator. God is a leader. Okay? The scripture says that his sheep know his voice, and they listen to him. In the, in the olden days, you know, back in the shepherding days, the sheep would all stay in one pen. So shepherds would arrive at a grazing area, and they would put all of their sheep in the pen. So there could be 100 sheep in the pen, and one, the shepherd, maybe 25, were his. So he would go to the door, the gate of the sheep pen, and he would call his sheep. And his sheep would know their, their shepherd's voice and then walk out. <laughs> you know? The sheep know his voice. So the shepherd then would know his sheep and the sheep would respond to his voice. So there could be a hundred sheep in there, but the 25 that were his would respond to his voice and come out. God is that type of shepherd that calls us by name and leads us, guide us on the road to eternal life. So, so we find that communication. So we have confidence that God is leading us, that we will grow in God. Communication. Did you know if you can't communicate, you can't get anybody to follow you? Um, your ideas will shine as you shine, as you speak them, as you as you declare them. that as we deal with people, we know that there are different types of personalities and that people act and, and different ways, and there you know there's different ways that that um, well. If you were, dude, uh, I like this one, the illustration. If you were going to buy a new car, okay, brand new car, and of course you had all the money to pay for it, so I'm not borrowing anything here. You have all the money to pay for it. Okay, what would you think of whenever you got to the car? How many would think of, wow, that looks good? How many would get inside and say, hmm, smells wonderful? (laughs) Hmm, yeah. How many would say, what's in it? What's engine's in it? How does it run? What's its performance? Yeah. How does it perform? Um, Then, of course, how expensive is it? (laughs) That would make it, uh, see, but you see, everybody, everyone, here we are looking at the same thing, but we have different ways of evaluating it. Now, guess what the salesman does? The salesman, if he's good at what he does, he will look at you and understand what's important to you. If you are a person who wants to know about performance, and performance is the... Bottom line, he's going to talk to you about the engine, about the, you know, the gas mileage, the performance, what it's going to do, how it's going to respond. Okay, If you're a person who loves color, he's going to talk to you about the color. You're going to be impressive with this one. <laughs> and the smell, oh my, there's nothing like a new car. He's going to, so he's going to focus in. See, communication, communication has different forms and different ways. And if we learn to communicate because God knows exactly who you are and he is communicating his truth to your life. He's communicating his truth to your life on your level, where you are. Because where does God want to go? God wants to take us on the road to eternal life. So God is speaking to your heart. I'm speaking the same message, but God has a way of making it real to each individual. I can't do that. God can. Because God wants to touch your life in a way that will change you. But in the same process, as you are growing as an individual, you must grow in your confidence about who you are, what's going on in your life. You must grow about your communication, and how you communicate with people. You just can't tell people off. (laughs) Nor can you just sit down and let them walk all over you. It's a matter of understanding the person and understanding the moment. That's the wisdom of God helping us in the communication. Psalm 73 My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and, the por- and my portion forever. God is my strength. God is the strength of my heart. So as I am growing in God, there is a strength. There is a strength that is mine. There is a strength, there's an underlying strength that keeps us day in and day out. There's a process, because I can't live the Christian life. I need God's help to be a Christian. I can't, I can't, you see, it isn't reformation. I'm not reforming the way that I used to think. I'm changed from the inside. God changes my the, the person who I am on the inside. He changes my heart. He changes my perception. He changes my understanding. I am a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. That there is a life going on in me that is different than before because Christ has birthed a new life in us. That's why, we, you know, people call it born again. What was that? A birth of God inside of us. A new Christian, a new purpose, a new intention because we are now going to... Eternal life. And we're changing who we are. Our confidence is no longer in the arm of flesh and politics. It's no longer in politics, nor is communication so that I can sell you what I think you need. But it's about learning how to tell us, to speak the truth in love. <laughs> speak the truth in love. Communicating. Allowing God. You see, if we are going to be successful in who we are as a person, outside and in our jobs, we must realize that God is wanting to be change us from the inside out in how we see our relationship. Jeremiah 17.5, the text. Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, politicians, political, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone and sets God aside as dead weight thinking we can me- make it on our own that's attitude i can push through this if i am stubborn enough i'll make it work <laughs> anybody know somebody who's stubborn i see lots of people looking <laughs> You know the 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 statistic is one in three are stubborn. So look to the person on your right. (laughs) Look to the person on your left. If they're not stubborn, (laughs) no, that's (laughs) that's a joke. (laughs) I have no idea what the statistic is about stubborn, but it's the idea. Bob, you didn't look. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) He's pointing, okay, all right. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But you see, being, being, growing, you know, sometimes growing, do you, do you ever get, if you, you know, do you remember children growing up? Do you ever have fun with the kids? You have fun with the kids? Of course you have fun with the kids. When did we stop celebrating and start correcting? <laughs> huh? When do we stop celebrating who they are? Oh, wow, they walked, they talked, now they won't shut up, you know? (laughs) know? So when do we stop celebrating our life and start worrying about being correct and being right and have to do this performance thing? See, God is interested in performance, but not performance without happiness. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Not, you know, it isn't like God wants to do something in our life, so sit down and shut up and listen. <laughs> you know? I brought you into this world and I can take you out. <laughs> Ever heard that one? <laughs> but the attitude here is when God is set aside that we refuse to pray. We refuse to bring our needs before God. See, God wants to hear our prayers. He wants to communicate with us. You know, and again, prayer is more than just telling God what we need and, you know, he already knows what I need. I'm waiting for it to happen, but we're off and running. And and it's more than God bless my actions because I'm busy. (laughs) So we need to spend time in prayer. We need to spend time reading the scriptures. Well, I don't understand it. We'll start with something simple. Start with things that are simple. Start with, you know, the Gospel of John. Understand about Jesus. Understand about what he came to do, and what he, what he was here for. Understand the basics of our faith. And understand that God, you know, the attitude that we have about God should be the same attitude that God has about us. Our attitude should be the same about ourselves as God has about us. And what is God's attitude about us? He loves us. God has never said one negative thing about you. Never had one negative thought about you. (laughs) God was willing to die for you before you even knew him. You see, how does that challenge what we think about God? How does that challenge the attitude that we have About blessings and good things. Well, you know, something good came into my life, but I know something bad's got to follow. It's a bad attitude. Some people graduate with a BA from college, some people don't even go to college and have a BA. It's a bad attitude. Some people never even get out of the house and they have a bad attitude. You see, we cannot, we cannot rely upon determination alone. Push determination. And And these are good things. You see, it isn't... It isn't the, the, error, error always rides the back of truth. Error always rides the back of truth. So we may have, well, determination is good, but to term, determination is not the only thing the idea is that we have the right attitude about ourselves and the attitude about ourselves is the same attitude that God has about us. Going back, you know, confidence is a a, a real, sometimes a real minefield. Because sometimes we think if we're, we're, well, they're just arrogant or they're just too prideful. No, self-confidence. Self-confidence is a God-confidence. To think of ourselves as God thinks of us. And guess what? That confidence comes down to attitude. And you see that these are not just separate things, that individual categories, sometimes they're mixed and they're hard to separate them because the right attitude and confidence can go hand in hand. That um, God's, God's God's confidence in me to think of ourselves as God, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's a scripture. It's a promise. I can do all things through Christ. So the idea is that I have an attitude of expectation of how God is going to work in my life and help me to do the things that are placed in my hands. So that gives me a confidence about what I am doing and I now begin to communicate, to speak about what it is that I need to do. Everything I need is at Christ's is at my disposal in Jesus Christ. It's there for me. Okay, Jeremiah continues. Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere human, meaning political, who thinks he can make it on muscle, push, determination, and sets God aside as dead weight, that he doesn't take his needs before God. This person is like a tumbleweed. A tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. (laughs) Tumbleweeds are sapless, useless, worthless, and out of touch with life. Do you know anybody that lives like that? (laughs) Performance? (laughs) Sapless, useless, and out of touch with life? Just blown around by everything that comes and goes? You see, remember back two weeks ago we did about the seed, the seeds in the ground where the seed is the word of God and it falls upon the the road. You know, the birds come along, pick it up. The rocky ground where it sprouts and withers because there's no depth. And then the seed that falls in the weeds where it grows and then is choked out by the cares of its life. You see, that's the word of God planted in our lives. And the word of God that grows and is choked out by the worries and cares of the life is the tumbleweed. Another word for tumbleweed. And we're blown about by the winds and cares of life. But what happens in the good ground? But blessed, verses 7 and 8, but blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with me, sticks with God. The idea is that the word of God that we're hearing, we're hearing, you know, I haven't got all this down. Just ask my wife. <laughs> you know, yeah. just ask Rhonda. She knows, uh, you know, she, she's waiting for me to live up to all the things I preach, okay? But uh, <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> if you believe that, I'll tell you another one. But anyhow... But this, the Word of God is that which is planted and we want our soil to be good ground <clears throat> so that the Word of God grows in our hearts and our lives. That it grows inside of us and we want the roots to grow deep. No, that's not the root one. But anyhow, it wants our ro- the roots to grow deep and so that, that in the dry times, you know, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but as, as the times uh, uh, as we grow on. Now, it's going to be... Um, Springtime soon. We can we can put fertilizer down for our grass. So we can have green grass and mow it every week. There are there's I'll do my my thing. Nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. You know, we have those fertilizer things on on your bags, 10-20-20 or 30 30-15-30 whatever. Well, nitrogen is That which you want green grass that just jumps right out of the ground in a week or so—that's nitrogen, and that's where they put in that uh, in the the, the new in the new uh, new grass. They want you to put down uh, this special fertilizer for new grass. That's nitrogen. If you got thirty percent nitrogen, you got grass growing in a week, and it is green. (laughs) I mean, it grows, and you got to mow it twice a week. Nitrogen phosphorus—that's a that's a low number. And phosphorus does, well, they just kind of say it's there for nothing, but uh, it's root development. And then potassium, no, potassium's roots, excuse me. The, the roots, so the, you want to grow deep roots, you've got to put the right fertilizer in to make the, to make the grass grow. So nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And the phosphorus, they're trying to eliminate because they say that it contaminates the soil and the water, things and things like that. But the whole idea is if you want something to perform, your grass to perform, you've got to put the right nutrients down. Then, of course, you've got to put lime down. Lime, may, so the lime sweetens the soil so that these will work. Without lime, it's a waste of money. For those of you into gardening, that it's a waste of money to put all this fertilizer down because the lime helps the nitrogen and helps the phosphorus and the potassium perform to what it's supposed to do to make the grass grow. Our performance is more than just what we do. Our performance is that what we do for Christ is going to last. Our life has an influence. We are influencers. We influence people you are a leader you are a leader of your family or a leader of whatever. Anybody that speaks to you, talks to you, and you talk to them, and they listen to what you have to say, you are a leader. And that means you are an influencer. And that means our performance is there. I always like the idea it's paid for performance, but then they freeze it. So, <laughs> freeze the wages paid for performance. Anyway, never mind. So, blessed is the man who trusts me. Blessed, abundant, satisfaction places his trust, is a confidence in God. Who live by faith, they stick with God through the time, trying times. So the good ground, they are like trees planted in Eden, putting down roots near the river. This is relationships. That we become good trees, planted. And, and the idea is that the river is the water. What's those uh, trees, that the weeping willows? You know, weeping willows. How many ever had a weeping willow near a cistern? (laughs) You know, where your water... What happens? It becomes (laughs) root-bound. Because the roots, they will just go right in there and sap. You know, all the waters will grow. You know, even your septic lines and all that. Just grow through them all. Kill kill them. Here's an interesting thing. I I just just thought of it. Remember those... um, um, the giant sequoias, okay? Giant sequoias always fascinated me. Giant sequoias, the reason they are giants is because of their root system. Their root system is not, I used to think of it, you know, years ago, I thought about their root system was like palm trees, you know, that's straight down. Their root system is out. So you've got these trees that weigh thousands of pounds hundreds of thousands of pounds, and they don't drive themselves down into the earth. Why? Because their root system is about seven feet deep, and it goes out. So all the trees are interconnected, and they sit on a giant platform. And the roots of the furthest tree near the water supply will furnish the water to the ones in the middle. They'll transfer the water the whole way through it. Relationships. Here we are in church, body of Christ. We go around and we shake hands, we hug people. That's our root system. (laughs) That's where we share God's love and share our relationships. Share who we are and that being encouragement to one another. Encouraging each other in our faith in our relationship with God and and with one another. That's why we come together to celebrate. Celebrate our relationship with God. Celebrate our relationship with each other. We grow in our relationship with God and what happens? It has an influence upon our relationship with our children, grandchildren, husband, wife, father, mother. It influences us in how that we change who we are and influence others. Whether it's in school, whether it's in, in our family, it changes our relationship. Because we have a different relationship with God, it changes our relationship and expectation with others. Forgiveness is not an option. Forgiveness is not an option. It's the way that we live with our relationship because if, you, if you're with somebody, <laughs> what are friends? Friends know all about us and still love us. Why? They know our faults and they don't care. That's a friend. It doesn't bother them. And our relationships with God is a relationship in which we are forgiven. And guess what? We, un, we, we get rid of all the hindrances in our past relationships. We open doors for people to walk through. They don't have to walk through them. That's their responsibility. You know, I, I, I do my, I'll do my fish story and I'll, then I'll close in a little bit. You have to have three closings today. But anyhow... <laughs> The fish story, I remember I was fishing, you know, I I told you, I was fished in, um, yeah, Ocean City, Maryland, my wife's heard the story a thousand times, but anyhow, I went fishing in Ocean City, Maryland, and I caught this skate, okay, skate's like a man of war, man of ray, man of ray, man of ray, anyhow, it was a a baby, so it was about three or four feet across, three or four feet long, anyhow, I pulled it in, and I'm there trying to dig the hook out of it, because I don't want it to die, but I dug around long enough, and I don't know if it lived or died. They got the hook out and threw it back in the water. And the experienced fisherman said, cut the line. I said, well, you can't cut the line because it's still got the hook in it. They said, it didn't matter. Salt water and acid in the stomach will dissolve the hook. Cut the line. Forgiveness is cutting the line. I'm not going to get reeled back to that place again in my life. I remember it because the hook is still there. But I keep forgiving, it keeps dissolving. See, that's how we deal with life. The relationships that have hurt us, we forgive them. Cut the line. Turn it over to God and go on with your life. Because God is leading us on the road to eternal life and I'm not going back to those old pains. I'm not going back to those old places. I forgive them. God, you deal with them. I can't. Because my road is in front of me. So my relationship, my performance, my attitude, my attitude affects my performance, my relationships. If I have an attitude of forgiveness, I find that my relationships change. I'm not afraid to develop new relationships because here I keep harboring my past and it keeps hurting my present. But if I let go of my past, then I'm not tripping over my present. God has a way of growing me in his kingdom. We are choice trees. This is another version of what we just went through. We are choice trees. With great care, God has taken and he has set us in the best of soil. We shall be like a tree that has spread out its roots and is firmly fixed by the river from which it draws the abundance of life, of water, of sap, which both establishes and comforts those who make God their hope. They are easy. They are pleasant. They enjoy continual security and peace of mind. They suffer no damage from the scorching heat. They are well nourished from its roots. Their leaf does not wither. Verse 7 says, blessed is the man who trusts me, God. The woman who sticks with God. Verse 8, serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit in every season. You see, by your fruits shall all men know that God is in your heart. And that's the change. Because people are going to pick the fruit of our life. Let it be good fruit. As we grow in God we will find these five things which are essential if we were doing a workshop and a seminar on personal growth and development these would be the five things. But these are the five things in our growth and our relationship with God and our growth and personal development. Truth is truth. Allow the truth of God's word to be part of your life and allow that life to go out to the world around you. Amen? Shall we stand?